All of us as parents want our children to be able to form healthy relationships as they grow up. Dennis Rainey says for that to happen, moms and dads need to know how to skillfully pursue a strong, healthy relationship with each of their children. 1 Corinthians 13 says, if you've missed love, you've missed life. And so these little children that you're raising who will become big people have to be trained in the basics of love. And that begins with us as parents. You and I as parents are God's physical arms of love to these little people to tutor them in what love truly means. This is Family Life Today. Our host is Dennis Rainey, and I'm Bob Lapine. Don't assume that your children are going to be naturally good at forming strong, healthy relationships. That's a bad assumption. They need your help to know how to develop those kinds of skills. We'll talk more about that today. Stay with us. Welcome to Family Life Today. Thanks for joining us. You know, when I think back on all of the things that Marianne and I thought about in terms of these these are things we need to make sure we teach our children, I don't know that it ever dawned on us that one of the things we needed to teach our children was how to be good at relationships. I don't know that that was ever a conscious thought that teaching them how to be good at relationships was something we would need to do. I guess I just thought, well, that that just happens, right? You <laughs> you grow up and you're good at relationships. Right. And you're supposed to know how to do it naturally, right? I, I, I'm going to ask my bride, Barbara. <laughs> we just celebrated our uh, 46th year of marriage. Congratulations, and, by the way. Thank you, sir. Yes. And we had six kids. They're all married now. Go back to the beginning. Did you and I ever have a conscious we probably had some when we were unconscious raising kids. <laughs> Do we ever have a conscious thought about training our kids to love others? Uh, not early on, but I remember having conscious thoughts about it when sibling rivalry was at its peak. So I'm, then I'm, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I got to teach these kids how to relate to each how other, how not to kill each other. Yes, yeah. Yes. So, I, so it was defensive. I do remember that 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 you got to teach them how to get along with one another, right. and maybe how to get along with kids on the playground. But again, the whole idea that that relationship training is a part of a parent's responsibility. I think that's a big idea. It's one of the big ideas I think you guys have captured in your book, Art of Parenting, and it's what we're going to spend time talking about on today's program. And, you know, you never know, Bob, who's listening to the broadcast. I had a young lady come up to me in Boulder, Colorado this past summer. She said, I grew up in Southern California and in the backseat of our car. As my mom would be driving me to school, I'd be listening. <laughs> to family life today. She the, said, I listened to it for years, all the way through elementary school, junior high, high school, and then I kind of left the faith. She said, I went to Stanford, and uh, I kind of lost my way, but graduated, came out the other side, and was listening to family life today again. When it got my attention, it was like, I need to come back mm-hmm. to what I'd heard. Mm-hmm. And she said, I'm now married. I got a couple of kids, and all that training, all that training I heard as a little girl growing up is now paying off for me as a mom. I just want to say thank you to Family Life Today for doing what you do. Well, you know who we need to say thank you to? I do. The people who have made 
this program possible over the years. And that's what I want to say to our listeners right now. Would you make this broadcast possible to another little girl like that? Mm. Maybe to their mom and dad. Maybe to uh, a couple who are engaged, who need to go to a weekend to remember, but you've heard about it here, so you know how to get them there. But to do that, we need folks like you standing with us financially with generous gifts here at Year End. Over 40% of our donations come in in the next 30 days. And those 30 days make the other 11 months possible. Would you stand with us? I'm serious. I've been doing this now for 27 years, and none of your money is sticking to my fingers. Trust me. It's all going in to provide help and hope, biblical help and hope, for marriages and families all across the country and around the world. Well, and here's why right now is a really good time for you to make a year-end donation. We have some friends of the ministry who have come along and offered to match every donation that we receive as a ministry between now and the end of the year, dollar for dollar, up to a total of $2.5 million. So you make a $50 donation, we get $50 from the matching fund. You make a $100 donation, we get $100. So we're hoping to take full advantage of this matching gift opportunity. That's why we're asking you as a listener to be as generous as you can possibly be here at year end and help us head into 2019 fully ready to take on the challenges that are in front of us as a ministry. And if you can help with the donation right now, we'd like to say thank you by sending you a gift. Several months ago, uh, Family Life had our first feature film, a movie called Like Arrows, in movie theaters. And that movie is not yet available for purchase on DVD. But we have a limited supply of the DVDs that we're making available to those of you who make a year-end donation. Again, it's our thank you gift when you go to familylifetoday.com and make an online donation or when you call 1-800-FL-TODAY to donate. And again, we appreciate your support of this ministry and your partnership with us here on Family Life Today. Now, we're talking about big ideas uh, in parenting and, and this idea of helping your child know how to do relationships this is this is key for parents to get their get their heads around. It's mm-hmm. one of four big mm-hmm. ideas that we want to challenge parents with. And what I compare these four with is reading, writing, and arithmetic <laughs> to education. Those are the basics. Those are the fundamentals. If you know how to do reading, writing, arithmetic, you can be fairly well educated. Well, in raising kids, there are four biblical issues, big biblical issues. What I want to encourage, what what Barbara and I want to to challenge parents to do is establish the target. Know what you're aiming for. Mm -hmm. You might just hit it if you know what you're aiming for. Yeah, I just had lunch yesterday with a friend, and she has a three-year-old, and we were talking about different issues. And I said, you and your husband, Scott, need to be intentional. You need to figure out what are those things that you absolutely must teach your daughter. And then everything else falls in around what those things are that you want to teach your daughter to do or to be and to become as she grows up. But it has to start with mom and dad. You have to know where you're going with your kids. Well, and here's here's the confession for me. As a parent, I was I was beginning each day with next month in mind. I mean, that's about as far ahead as you I was were, You were farther than farther ahead than we were. We were trying to survive. Each day. Each Wait, day. And, and, and you get so caught up in the dailiness uh-huh, of uh-huh. parenting or what this school year is all about that you forget there's a long-term assignment here. And 
And each of those days is building toward what you want that end product to look like. And and that's what I think is masterful about your book, The Art of Parenting, is it helps us pull back and go, okay, let's get a long-term perspective in mind here and let's build toward that long-term so that in the day-to-day, mm-hmm. we're, we're not drowning in stuff that really isn't that significant, but instead we can say, you know, this is what really matters about today. I agree, and I think that's really what our gift is to the younger generation, is because we've finished, because we're on the other side, it's easier for us to help them have a long-term perspective. Because when you're in the middle of it, you really are just trying to survive a day at a time. And so for moms and dads who are in the thick of raising kids right now, it is hard to have the long view. And so we want to come alongside you with this book and this content and say, here's the big picture. Here are the goals. Here are some some objectives for you to aim at as you raise your kids and help them lift their eyes to the horizon and to the finish line and get out of the daily discouragements. Mm-hmm. And so the reading, writing, and arithmetic of parenting are these four. Where we're going to start today relationships. Bob has already talked about that. Second one, character. This is helping your kid being wise and not a fool, choosing right and not wrong, not destroying his or her life. Third area is identity. Spiritual identity, we're made in God's image. Sexual identity, male and female, created he them. You're helping your kids determine what does it mean to be a boy? What does it mean to be a girl? And what are the distinctives there? We just want to come alongside parents and help them in this, in this age especially, because there's a lot of confusion occurring. Number four, mission. Teach your child he was made for a mission. Psalm 127, verses 3 through 5, says children are a blessing. They're a reward. They're a heritage. But they are also like arrows in the hand of a warrior. Think about that. You as a parent, and we'll talk more about this when we talk about mission later. You as a parent are are compared to a warrior. And if you've never felt that in this culture, you've had your head in the sand because you are battling for the next generation and your children, your arrows are in your hand. How are you going to help them head to the right goal in the midst of so many confusing targets that are being thrown at them? I preached a sermon at our church recently, and I said, we we tend to think of the big story of the Bible around the four themes of creation and fall and redemption and then consummation. People have heard those categories before. But I said, what's what's common in all four of those those periods, creation, fall, redemption, and consummation, what's common is the the big idea of relationship. In creation, we were related in perfect harmony with God and with each other. In the fall, our relationship with God was yep. broken, and yep. our relationship with each other was messed up. In redemption, what was broken is put back together and repaired, and so we begin to recultivate a relationship with God and with one another. And in consummation, it's a perfectly restored relationship mm-hmm. that lasts for eternity. The idea of healthy relational functioning, the idea of the, of the fact that we have good relationships is central to God's design for humanity. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about relationships, and I want to use an illustration to do it. A Christian leader that will remain unnamed uh, had just completed a 14-city book tour. 
And uh, he was on his way back home when he found a note that he was to have lunch with uh, a person who had uh, won the the bidding contest for having lunch with him uh, after the tour was over. But he wasn't surprised at all that somebody had spent $500 in the bidding contest for lunch with him. What, what surprised him most was that the person who won the bidding was his daughter. She wanted to have lunch with daddy. Hmm. She wanted a relationship with him. And I think we forget our children were made for relationship. And they, as Bob said earlier, they were made to be trained how to do this right. If you think about the great commandment, when Jesus was asked, what's the greatest of all the commandments? What did he say? Love God, love others. It's all about love. You go over to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and what did Paul say? He said, if I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, listen to these words, three words, I am nothing. 1 Corinthians 13 says, if you've missed love, You've missed life. And so these little children that you're raising who will become big people have to be trained in the basics of love. And that begins with us Mm -hmm. as parents. You and I as parents are God's physical arms of love to these little people to tutor them and what love truly means. Barbara, our kids are not naturally good at relationships any more than we are naturally good at relationships (laughs) Mm -hmm. because when we rebel against God, when we reject Him and say, I'll be my own authority, that puts all of our relationships out of whack. Ultimately, for us to have healthy relationships, we've got to have our relationship with God realigned. But as, as we raise the next generation, we just need to recognize our kids are not going to naturally and instinctively be good at at loving one another, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that was so hard for me as a mom is that I expected more of my children than they were <laughs> capable of giving. And I think that's true universally because it would be so much easier for me as a mom if they would get it sooner and become mature quicker. But children are children, and it takes time for them to learn these lessons over and over again because they're born selfish just like we are. But that training and teaching them to how to have a good relationship, how to ask for forgiveness, how to apologize when they've made mistakes, how to restore the relationship— That is the kind of teaching that has to be repeated over and over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And it wears us out as parents. But that is the goal, is teaching them how to have good relationships and realizing that it takes the entire 18 years Mm -hmm. that they're in your home for them to develop the kind of competence in relationships that will serve them well as they become adults. The starting place for all of this with your kids, and this is one of the things you say in the book I think is so helpful, our kids need a healthy, loving, strong, yes. connected relationship mm-hmm. yes. with us. Yes. Right. That creates in them uh, an awareness of what strong relationships are all about, mm-hmm. a thirst for those kinds of relationships to be a part of their life. This is where in the early years, moms and dads need to be focusing on building 
the kind of a relationship with their kids that their kids, well, they want to spend $500 to have lunch with daddy because they crave that relationship. And in the book, we compare loving your child to building a bridge. Now, think about a bridge for a moment. A bridge is something that is built across obstacles. It may be a river. It may be a canyon. could be a forest. But a bridge connects two different sections of land to each other so that traffic can go back and forth. And with parents, you are given the assignment by God to, first of all, build the lanes across the bridge to your child's heart. Okay? And the way you do that, we've got three ways, three lanes that you build. Number one, you love your child unconditionally. Number two, you pursue your child. And number three, you make forgiveness a part of your family's DNA. Let me tell you something. If this bridge goes up and it doesn't have the third lane, the first and second are going to be crossed out by people disappointing each other. And what you're doing as a parent is you're training your kids to know how to love an imperfect person. And, and these three lanes, unconditional love, pursuit, and then forgiveness, these are lanes that you may establish early, but there are roadblocks that go up all during adolescence, pre-adolescence. Mm-hmm. We got to keep those lanes clear because they can get clogged over time, mm-hmm. can't they? And this is where parents have to be parents. They have to be mature. They have to be the wiser one and not drop down to your child's level. And it, we're really what we're doing as moms and dads is we're modeling God's love. We're showing our kids what God's love looks like. I remember hearing David Robbins speak one time, the new president of Family Life, and he said, I told my son one day, no matter where you go, I'm always going to love you. I'm always going to pursue you. No matter what happens in our relationship, I'm always going to be consistent. I'm always coming after you because God has always come after me, and therefore I'm always going to come after you. And that's a picture of our of our assignment as moms and dads is to demonstrate that that unconditional love that God has for us, to demonstrate that pursuit that God keeps coming after us when we run away from Him and we make mistakes, and God always forgives us. And so when we model those three lanes to the bridge to our kids, they begin to understand what a relationship looks like, and they begin to understand who God is too. I remember a conversation I had with one of your kids. This was, and she doesn't mind being exposed here because she tells the story herself. It's your daughter, Rebecca, mm-hmm. who, let, let me set the scene because you've yeah. been gone for the weekend. You'd told her she's supposed to stay home, right? Mm-hmm. She had decided she was going to skip out and spend the night at a friend's house. Mm-hmm. And it happened to be a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Now she said nothing happened, but I shouldn't have been there staying at his house. And uh, what she did was she she was home and took the phone call. That came at 10 o'clock that night where you checked in on her, and then she left and went over to his house after that. She thought she was in the clear until it got exposed when uh, you found the evidence that she'd not been home that night. And you sat down, and she lied, and she disobeyed, and there were consequences. But then she said you came up to her room as she was kind of stinging from... The, the consequences of her disobedience, and you had a conversation with her where you extended love and grace in the midst of her disobedience, and it had a profound impact on her. 
And I think that's a picture of, of what we have to do because it's what God does with us. When we disobey and we make stupid decisions, God loves us with grace and he extends forgiveness to us and he doesn't He doesn't shame us. And I think as parents, um, many of us grew up in situations where we were shamed when we did what was wrong. But as Christian parents, as believing parents, when we model grace, when we model forgiveness, when we model unconditional love to our children, then they they can flourish in that. Because shame doesn't promote flourishing, but forgiveness and grace do. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the picture of what moms and dads need to do when they build these bridges of relationship into their kids' hearts. And what we tried to communicate to our kids is basically there's nothing you can do that will cause us mm-hmm. to love you more. And there's nothing you can do that will cause your mom and me to love you less. And we said that to our kids over and over again. Over and over uh-huh. again. And then we backed it up with an attitude that didn't punish them. Uh, Even though we were disappointed. In the relationship. In, That's right. Right. In their behavior and in their choices. But we were committed to loving them through it. And I'll tell you, here's, here's the surprise in all this. This is very simple. I thought at the beginning, God gave us six kids to raise them. He, in essence, gave us six kids to help us grow up Mm -hmm. and learn how to love truly, a truly agape love that loves another person despite their attitude, their behavior. Mm -hmm. And I want to tell you, when they were teenagers, they would mud wrestle. They'd try to get you in the mud hole with them and mud wrestle with emotions. And what you have to do is love them enough not to get in the mud hole. Mm-hmm. And and here's the key takeaway, I think, here in the area of unconditional love. When your children experience consequences, when they experience discipline for bad decisions, and they're going to, they're going to have to be disciplined. They're going to have to right. get some timeouts or some privileges taken away. But what they should never experience in that is any sense that their relationship with you, yeah, the bridge can't go down. That has been threatened at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's got to. They've got to be able to go up to bed at night, going, "Okay, I got what I deserve, but mom and dad still love me." Mm-hmm. And that's exactly right. Yeah, and that's where the pursuit of the child comes in. And I'll never forget. I came home one time uh, from work, and Barbara told me about an experience she had with one of our teenage sons when she gave him a hug. Yeah, I'll never forget this. This was our our son, Ben, who is not the most emotionally demonstrative one of our kids. <laughs> and he was maybe 14. I don't remember. But he was bigger than I was at this stage in his life. And he walked in. and I don't remember what the circumstances were. I just remember thinking, I think I want to hug him. Because they get where they don't want hugs oh, yeah, anymore yeah, when yeah. they're bigger. Right. And I just decided I was going to hug him. And I don't remember what the reason was, but I walked up to him and I put my arms around him and I hugged him real hard. And then I went to let go and he didn't let go. And I was shocked Mm. because I thought, oh, so I hugged him some more. And it let me know that our kids, especially the ones that don't communicate a lot through their teenage years, the ones that kind of clam up and retreat, they still need your love. They still need your affection. They still need to hear 
I love you, and I will never stop loving you. What What did pursuit, you talk about that being one of the lanes on this bridge, pursuing your kids. Mm-hmm. So what did that look like practically for you? You talking about dates together, or are you talking about just initiating activity? Well, it is, it is all of that, but I think it's also what Dennis mentioned earlier. We said to our kids, nothing you can do will ever make us stop loving you. So it's giving them the verbal affirmation. It's everything. It's doing things with them. It's taking them on dates. It's seeing who God made them to be and and affirming the things that you see in them. But I think a lot of it is words because God communicates to us through his word. And I think a lot of what we say is what cements the relationship. Pursuing them when they want to talk is not always going to be convenient. Well, because they don't always want to talk. Yeah, they don't. That's right. But when they do want to talk, it's usually late at night when <laughs> when you're dead when tired. you're dead yeah. tired. <laughs> right. But you go to their room, and if you've got one of those moments, you pursue them, and you just build that 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 bridge. You just pursue them and let them know, and then you praise them, believe in mm-hmm. them, especially if they're filled with self doubt. And by the way, most teenage boys and girls are filled. With all kinds of self-doubt, mm-hmm. they need mom and dad to fiercely, fiercely believe in them. Agreed. To not let go, like Barbara, to keep hugging them and to keep expressing those words. You guys were hugely busy with what was going on in the ministry as you mm-hmm. were raising your kids. You had six kids, so I'm thinking one-on-one interaction with each of the six kids you know, did that happen like once a quarter? Like, <laughs> How do you spell loser? I felt like a loser most of the time as we were raising our kids. But you tried to be purposeful there to say, okay, I need time. I, I haven't had time with this child for a while. I've got to get some time away. Whether it's go to we, we go to the hardware store together or we go out for ice cream together or we you, – you just tried to make sure that you were getting some one-on-one time with each of your kids all the way through the process, right? Well, and sometimes it's just going into their room at night – and getting next to that child's bed and talking to that child. And I think another thing that's really important, too, in pursuing is praying specifically for that child by name with him or her, because there's something about being Mm -hmm. prayed for that makes you feel loved and cared for. And so all the way through their years, we would go into their rooms at night, and all of them always shared a room, so they weren't really ever alone in their room when we did this, but we would go to their bed, and we would talk to that one child eye to eye, and we would pray for that one child eye to eye. And we didn't do it every single night, but we did it a lot. Mm-hmm. And so even those two or three minutes of one-on-one time at night in their bedroom before they turned on their light, I think is also an investment that's important. We've got to get to the third lane. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. And we got to get there because it's at the core of how God relates to us. Forgiving one another, just as God and Christ forgave you. Mm -hmm. Listen to me, parents. Your assignment is to communicate the forgiveness of God practically in all the the different ways they disappoint you and the many foul-ups and the many failures. You are modeling something that is supernatural. I've got to share this quote by an unlikely source, Anne Lamott. Listen to this statement she makes about forgiveness. Earth is forgiveness school. You might as well start at the dinner table. That way, you can do this work in comfortable pants. (laughs) Isn't that a great quote? It is. Start at at the dinner table because you can do the work of forgiveness and feel comfortable in a family doing it. And as you've said over and over again, 
part of the whole forgiveness equation is modeling for our children what it looks like to seek forgiveness when we've done wrong so that they can then know how to seek forgiveness when they've done wrong. So this whole idea of not just granting forgiveness to our kids when they've disobeyed, but showing them when we mess up, we need forgiveness as well. And I know that it's a part of the dynamic. I'm thinking about what you shared in the Art of Parenting video series where one Thanksgiving you mm-hmm. sat down mm-hmm. with your kids and you you had to ask for their forgiveness for just how you had been harsh and critical with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a real um, milestone, I think, in our family. Dennis and I made it a practice all the years we were raising our kids to apologize when we made mistakes. So I apologized every day multiple times for all kinds of things to our kids. But I went through a season of really understanding um, God was working in my life, and I was really coming to an understanding that I was really broken and wicked at the core. And I wanted my children to understand that it was more than just I made occasional mistakes here and there, but I wanted them to know that I was a sinner and that I was not I was not infallible. And I wanted them to hear me say, I am really sorry that you have had to experience my sin nature, my old sin nature. I wish that I could have bottled it up and hidden it more or protected you from it more, but There it is. And I just wanted them to know that I recognize that I was a sinful person and that living with sinful people is harmful. And I wished I could have done it differently. And at that point, you wept. Oh, yeah. I was, yeah, I was heartbroken because I didn't want to do that to my kids. I don't think the kids. I didn't want to harm my children. I don't think the kids had ever seen you weep. Well, not like that. No. Mm Mm-mm. But she was, she had a godly sorrow Mm -hmm. about her sin. And then she asked them. Will you forgive me? Mm-hmm. And went around person by person. And the great thing about kids is that they're always eager to forgive yeah. because they love mommy and daddy and they want a relationship. The significance of these three lanes on this bridge can't be overestimated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and while you're building them, it doesn't feel as significant. But when the tension comes up, when there's conflict later on, having these lanes working, unconditional love and pursuit and forgiveness keeps the relationship alive and thriving. I would hope our listeners would get a copy of your book, The Art of Parenting. It is now available, and you can go online to order at familylifetoday.com or call 1-800-FL-TODAY. This is a great book for moms and dads to read together. Again, the title is The Art of Parenting. There's a DVD series that goes with it that you can use with a small group. And the information about the DVD series and the book are available online at familylifetoday.com. You can order from us online or you can call 1-800-FL-TODAY to order. 1-800-358-6329. That's 1-800-F as in family, L as in life, and then the word today. Now, speaking of uh, the art of parenting, this year we produced a, a feature film that was a part of the Art of Parenting project. In fact, many of you saw it in theaters back in May. It's a movie called Like Arrows, and that movie is not yet available for purchase on DVD. It will be available in early spring of 2019, but we do have a limited number of DVDs we're making available this month To those of you who can help with a year-end donation to support the Ministry of Family Life today, as you heard Dennis mention earlier, the need is significant, but so is the opportunity. 
We have a matching gift fund of $2.5 million that we're trying to take full advantage of. Every donation you make here at year-end is going to be matched dollar for dollar, up to that $2.5 million total. So if you're able, go online and donate at familylifetoday.com or call 1-800-FL-TODAY to donate. And again, we'll say thank you by sending you a special pre-release DVD of Family Life's movie, Like Arrows. It's our way of saying thank you for your partnership with us in this ministry. And we hope you can be back with us again tomorrow when we're going to talk about one of the very important skills our kids need to learn as they form healthy relationships, and that's how to... Uh, seek forgiveness, how to grant forgiveness, how to resolve conflict effectively. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Hope you can be with us. I want to thank our engineer today, Keith Lynch, along with our entire broadcast production team. On behalf of our host, Dennis Rainey, I'm Bob Lapine. We'll see you next time for another edition of Family Life Today. Family Life Today is a production of Family Life of Little Rock, Arkansas. A crew ministry. Help for today. Hope for tomorrow.